You're listening to Borderline Idealists. Join us every other Sunday for new episodes where we focus on anxiety, depression, and BPD. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and our Patreon link to support us. Together, we can give a voice to those who suffer from mental illness and tear down mental health stigma. Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of Borderline Idealist. This is Chris. And this is AJ. And our topic for this Sunday is going to be anger and anxiety. Mm. Mm. Do you know someone who has anxiety and also bursts of anger? Um... I know this too. I think it's a cartoon character, or um... actually, that would be really interesting to see to go back and look at our, our, our uh, the car- the old cartoons that we would watch, and see if we can identify a certain anxiety or Yosemite Sam. Definitely anxiety oh. and anger. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer Fudd, you know, to a point, you know. Bugs, uh, button, Bugs uh, Bunny keeps pushing his buttons. He's just like, I'm going to get that rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, no. Um, so last week was uh, kind of like a heavy subject, I think. Mm-hmm. Or two weeks ago. So um, this kind of... Uh, I guess, I mean, it's, it can, it's not as heavy, but it's still something that, that um, you deal with a lot. And I'm sure it's stressful. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling better, by the way, Chris. Thanks for asking. How are you feeling, Anjani? No, that's fine. I mean, I'm just going to bring that up and just be... Oh, sorry. <sighs> sorry. Sorry. Oh, I'm doing fine. They say, oh, you're going to bring that up. Okay, well, yeah, I'm doing doing much better. You know, I had my, had my sister and my nephew, and I had you... So that <laughs> that really helped me a lot. And talking about it, that was a really great episode. No, but actually, can we just do a quick update on mm-hmm. on that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, last time we left off at suicidal ideation and how do you do you do you um still think about that a lot as often as you were thinking? No, um, not not since I I've been taking my um. Antidepressant. Dun dun dun! I just I hate to say that because you know Chris can be like I'm right. <laughs> and I was like I no I didn't I didn't need it you know I just I chose to take it because you know and but that's that's my that's my thing like this you oh God you would think I I would learn by now but it's just like I I I don't know. <laughs> So antidepressant medicine works. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it does. It can but help. I, it I can think, help. yeah, because I think and you still, you know, I've look. I really wanted to believe that it it was, it was just because of, of a situation, or I would even accept maybe it's just like seasonal depression. But I don't want to be like, you know, like I'm depressed. Depression. Yeah, I'm depressed all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm just like because every time I get an ant antidepressants I'm like okay it's because I'm going through something or it's because of you know and so you know I think it's just best that I just stay on it oh, stay on it you know even though I feel better now you know I feel I feel better now I don't know why I have to stay on it but I, I well, guess I, well you've, you're feeling better because you're taking the medicine this is kind no I think this I is... think my brain has been corrected the no. the electric um... Fellow listeners, charges I want in my brain know, are, have now connected. And this the, is not the first time that this the, we've gone the through. The neuron this. stars no, are in, in the. No. <laughs> this happened the last time too. You you were feeling better, so you decided to get off of the medication because you were feeling better. And you know what? I would, I would probably get off of my effects, or you know, <laughs> I would probably get my effects, or if I could, but I can't because if I do if I don't take it for like one day I get brain shocks mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's one medicine like you don't have to ask me about if I took or not like I, <laughs> I you know yesterday yesterday we were sitting down we were playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey which is a great game uh, <laughs> uh, and we were playing that and do you remember I just mm-hmm. I just 
Oh, also, my eyes got really big, and I was just like, oh, I got to take my medicine. And you're like, what? I was like, well, I I skipped it yesterday. Why? Why did you skip it? Well, because I... I, I just had a I had a drink of alcohol because he wanted to drink I, alcohol I, exactly. and I was just like well I'm just not gonna drink I'm I'm just not gonna take skipping my medicine, medicine for an alcoholic drink look okay and does that tell you does that do you think that I, in, that um is a I, hint at a problem I being think it's there? I, well I think it's better to to uh, skip it when you're drinking the. Mm-hmm. The alcohol, um... You think it's better to skip your medicine to drink alcohol, or is it better to not drink alcohol so that you can have your medicine? So, when we're talking about anxiety and anger... (laughs) uh, Oh, we're just going to go there. When we're talking... I mean, we we got to bring it around. We're we're talking about the past. I mean, none of that matters. While we're on the subject of alcohol, that is... Uh, so, uh, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I read an article and I was trying to pitch it to Ajani as a subject matter for our podcast, but of course, he doesn't like my ideas. So, you know, I'm just going to introduce it here. But, uh, so it Sorry, was Wall I'm Street... the producer, director, <laughs> so it was writer. A Wall... It was a Wall Street Journal article about how anxiety can manifest differently in men. Um, and, I don't know, I'm... I don't think necessarily that it's like... There's a women's anxiety and a men's anxiety because mm-hmm. we're more alike than different. But I think the what I got from it was that men tend to not want to identify with anxiety or at least name what they're, the problems that they're dealing with because of the stigma that's associated not only with mental illness and anxiety and depression and all those things, but also just the societal norms that we've grown up with. It's like, like a man complex? Right. Well, yeah. It's like, you know, when you're... In, anxious or something i remember i remember in particular one day when i was in kindergarten or first grade i had to do a, a i had to recite a poem and i was so anxious and i was like crying and i was like anxious that i was gonna mess up and also partly because my mom's like if you mess up i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with the chunk line in front of everybody so that's childish. She wouldn't do that. That's childish. I'm like, oh my god. So thinking back, I was like, oh well, that's probably why I was super anxious about it because I didn't want to get beat up in front of everybody. That was motivation. <laughs> but you know what? I recited that poem without a hitch. But I was like super anxious and um and stressed about it. And but you know that was the thing. If you're a boy, you're supposed to suck it up and just you know deal with it. Or ignore it, or whatever you know. So you're always taught um, it, to ignore it, to deal with it however you can, push it down, um, and then that leads to it manifesting in other ways mm-hmm. later on. So I think because of those things, uh, as men, as boys growing into men, and the societal norms that are placed on us by family members and by friends and by society at large, where you're taught to bottle things up, ignore. If you're feeling anxious or scared or something, that's a weakness. If you're feeling emotions, that's a weakness for guys, apparently. You know, that's that's what has been ingrained. That's why, you know, those all those James Bond movies, you know, all the action hero movies, they, you know, they they deal with stress and, um, and difficulty and, like, you know, just tackle it head on. And you don't see, you know, superheroes cry or deal with a lot of emotion and things like that, so... Anyways. No, they have sex with beautiful women. (laughs) (laughs) James Bond always gets laid. It's amazing. So I think that leads to men not reporting anxiety or depression as much as women. So therefore, you you know, scientists say, well, women are more prone to this. But I think in reality, it would be equal half and half, really. It's just that men don't report it. And then, so so getting back to the article, um, in the article, it was talking about how men can manifest the suppression of anxiety in different ways. And one of them was alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. So men tend to drink, you know, uh, alcohol to try to uh, lower their anxiety, which um, according to the article in the the, uh, test that they did, uh, anxiety levels dropped about 4% for every um, beer that you had. But then there's a point of diminishing returns, you know, after X amount. So it does work. You're you're saying that the the alcohol does. It can help the... in the short term, 
But in the long term, it doesn't help because you're not dealing with that anxiety. Yeah, you're think, uh, you're yeah, just sometimes, pushing it away. Sometimes short term. No. <laughs> no, because then that can turn into alcohol abuse. Yeah. And then you start drinking, you know, um, every day or you, know, you, you become an alcoholic and you just become to uh, learn to uh, function normally in everyday, you know, interactions while you're intoxicated. Yeah, that... Or, I mean, I, like, you'll lie to your partner about things. I, okay. yeah, you, just, you, just, you do a lot of things that you wouldn't normally do because of it. I mean, I... Man, I... So... Really have... I, I'm sorry, I was thinking I have, to, I have a lot of experience... With alcohol abuse? Yeah, um... Because I'm thinking about when I was, and and just how they were talking about how, uh, how the article and how you were talking about how um, you're supposed to keep things to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty much what I got from uh, my dad, um, and I guess my dad, and my mom's generation. I guess mm-hmm. you know you don't really. You know, if you if you have something going on, you just kind of keep it to yourself. You just kind of, you know, you you just do what you have to do and you keep going. Yeah. And so that's why I get so bogged down and and depressed and and just feel so defeated. When like you I share have it. to, um, like I have to commit suicide when I when I fail mm-hmm. at something. Um, I feel and like then, I'm 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 not like balance balancing that out like everyone else. Like everyone else has. You know, uh, you know stuff that's going on, and they're they're able to deal with it. And for some reason, I'm not. So mm-hmm. that just, oh man, that's giving me like anger. Well, you know, <laughs> it's that, like it, that that makes you so angry, but it also makes me because um, you're bottling it up, and then yeah. manifest. That was the other thing is anger is another issue that men typically where it manifests differently after bottling it, bottling things up is burst of anger or just higher uh threat, high, lower threshold for anger issues you know um when um when suppressing anxiety and not dealing with it but one of the things that i was kind of remembering part of the article was that you know the other societal norm thing is that women are taught to be a little bit more social usually right so <clears throat> and you kind of see this in across the social uh, across um, society and pop culture and everything where women are more social you know they go in groups to the bathroom or they tend to have girls, you know, girl talk or talk to their girlfriends, things like that. So they, they're kind of, they're kind of, um, I guess, groomed to be more social and express themselves. If they're feeling anxiety, if they're feeling, you know, whatever, they go to their girlfriend and talk, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't have really a girlfriend that I can go talk to mm-hmm. <laughs> growing up or any, you know, friend I. I remember having one friend. You didn't have any friends growing up. I had friends. I had very little friends growing up. I didn't have any close friends because I was moving a lot. So in Mexico, we moved like eight times before I was the eight. Um, seven, eight times before yeah, I was the yeah. age of eight. And then we moved here to the States, which a big, <laughs> big cultural change. In California, we moved... To Bakersfield, and then we moved, I think, three other times before we finally ended up here in Georgia. By sixth grade is when I started here in Georgia. Oh, God, then, I feel like I've, I've heard this story before. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so we stayed for about three months well, in Marietta before actually finally settling down in Villarica. Well, I was talking, yeah, I was talking, like, when, man, when... When you were in Villarica, that was even then, middle school or yeah, high school? I started sixth grade in Villarica. And then even then, oh, you know, that was well, one of the things. It was, I was still dealing with the cultural change of feeling comfortable in America and, you know, being Mexican uh, mm-hmm. growing up here. Um, You're Mexican? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I, I may have mentioned that before. I can't, I can't remember, but yeah. Do you, do you speak um, Mexican? I do speak Mexican. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just a little bit. Okay. Like taco and que pasa, you know? Okay. Like, yeah. Un, un poco? Un poco, un poco. yeah. Yeah. Poco um, loco? Uh, tortillas. You know, I know that too. Yeah. 
going to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it was a cultural change being, in a, uh, being around American culture, but then also coming from California, which was a lot of Hispanic population, mm-hmm. to Villarica, which was mostly white, mm-hmm. and then sprinkled with a little... It was about um, a, uh, a little bit more than a quarter black population in the school. So it was big... So yeah, growing up, I just... Even when I settled, I still didn't have any close, close friends, except for when I got to ninth grade, really. The one friend that I had really close, who was also a Mexican guy. And that's really how we um, became close, because our um, friend, our other quote-unquote friends, uh, college, or uh, school, what do you call it? School friends, um, or the other students... We're like, oh, aren't you Mexican? Aren't you Mexican? You guys speak Spanish? Speak Spanish to each other. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear you speak Spanish. So <laughs> that's how we said hi to each other. Wow. <laughs> and, and then we just, we became friends after that because we were like, okay, well, we're the only Mexican kids in this class. So let's just stick together. And we were both introverts. We were both like small talk, like, you know. <laughs> like, do that, do that Spanish thing yeah. you do. Do that, do that yeah. little thing. <laughs> So that lasted uh, um, for a couple of years until I came out of to him out of the closet. Then he stopped talking to me. For, mm. you know, but it's okay. Uh, a couple of years later, after he stopped talking to me and being my friend, he contacted me and apologized for being a dumbass, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just apologized for treating me the way he did after I came out. So I guess old water under a bridge or something, mm. whatever the phrase is. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have any friends, really. I was very to myself. Yeah, I my, my sisters were all my closest friends. I thought I was more social when I was younger. Um, and, like, when I was, like, in school. But uh, I think, like, after college. Um, so you had close friends during your um, 9th or 12th? Like, did you socialize yeah. with and, like, talk yeah. to them about... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have uh, some of those friends on, on Facebook. Mm. Um, but if, if we could go back to the yeah. the alcohol thing... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little sidetracked. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about that. Um, I was just saying, I, I did have uh, some experience with that. Um, especially in... I want to say, like, uh, high school... Uh, maybe like senior. You started drinking in high school. Maybe like senior year. I started. I, I started smoking cigarettes when I was in like. Oh, yeah, God. I was a bad boy. Wow. <laughs> I started. I started smoking cigarettes when I was in, um, tenth grade, mm-hmm. and then I started. Um, I think that's when I, I started uh, smoking weed too, um, oh, and that's bad. I don't think I started drinking to probably like. Probably like eleventh, eleventh grade. You know they. Um, just, what? What? Chris? What I was going to say they do say that smoking weed at a young age does help, does impede the developmental of your brain. But go ahead. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I fucked myself up. <laughs> it's my fault. Okay, I thought it was radiation. I thought it was something in the water, but <laughs> no, it was just. Weird. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah, I experiment with this. Nothing hard, you know. Mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> all that stuff was, like, all that stuff was kind of there, I guess. Wow. You know, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I didn't hang out with, um, I guess the, the best people. I was kind of a, uh, an outsider and, like, proud of it and just, mm-hmm. like, I would wear black mostly all the time. I went through your emo phase. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the the only black guy with the white <laughs> with the white people. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh yeah, when I went to college, it just became a normal thing for me to drink, drink by myself a lot. I would go to parties, uh college parties, but I would uh drink by myself. A lot, and when I say a lot, I I would say like uh, I would start with like maybe a, a 
like a glass of wine. You should like get wine because I like wine. Um, and then it just became like a bottle bottle of wine, like a a night. Um, and I would just wait till I got home to drink, and so I just I would collect all these these bottles like in my kitchen. And I, I, they're like trophies. It felt so cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because when people came to my house, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm having parties over here, just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm just the the loner drinking by myself. Um, and wait, so were you drinking then because of anxiety issues that you were de- trying to deal with? Yeah, anxiety and and depression. depression. Really, by this because, time, by this time, had a, a BPD already been? Like, yeah, developed? this is this is when I was I was diagnosed. Um, I okay, let me think. Dot, dot, dot. Let me think. No, this is this is before. Yeah, this is before I was I was diagnosed. I, I, uh, I told my dad when I went to college I had depression, and I got put on um, what is it? Uh, the letters with a P or whatever, whatever. The the really the really um. No, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> it's a really famous antidepressant. I, I think it starts with a P. I can't remember what, what, which one it is. God. Anyways, dang, um, dang, oh my gosh, just go on and it'll come to you. No, what is? Uh, it'll come to you later. Peroxide. No, oh my gosh, it's oh my gosh. How do you not know this? It's it's such a because I don't take medicine. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So anyways, you were you were drinking because you were you didn't know how to Wait, so you were drinking while you were antidepressant medication? Yes. Hmm. And now see, and and I've changed because now I just don't take it. But <laughs> I know you just don't take well, the medication. Well, I was I was taking the medicine. I remember I I had started taking the medicine and it was giving me yeah, I, was, I started taking medicine. It gave me, it, yeah, it started giving me panic attacks, and I just, I think I just stopped taking it then, mm. and that's when I was just like, you know, I have to. My thing was always like, I have to, like, I'm supposed to handle this by myself, you know. Mm. I'm supposed to handle this by myself anyway, you know. So I tried to take medicine, you know, that didn't work, you know. It just made me feel just really weird. So I need to find a way to to deal with that, and. Uh, I was living with my my sister in Kennesaw. We were both going to KSU, um, and I mean, <laughs> I would mostly be up in my room all the time, like with the door closed, mm-hmm. uh, drinking beer. Like in my, like when I would like open the door to my my room, it would just be the sound of beer cans. Because mm. they were just everywhere. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I, I didn't clean up either. Um, wow. And I was... This is also a, a time where I was... I was I was telling myself to go to... I, I needed to do this. So I would I would come home. I would drink. I would... <laughs> I would drink. I would, I would... I would write. I would write short stories. I would write some poetry. And then I would cut myself about two or three times on my wrist. And then... You know, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm, oh, okay, I really don't want to say this. I really don't want to say this. This is really bad. I'm sorry. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to say it because I didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> it's really bad. So, I mean, wh- I'm sorry. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say it, actually. Chris, why are you looking at me like that? Okay. I don't know, because if you say okay. it now, it's going to be out there. I know. I, I, I know. You know what? Never mind. Tell me after the show. Maybe we'll reveal it next week. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> now I'm scared. Anyways, no, I mean, so y- you were not dealing. All of this was ha- was to deal with your anxiety and depression. Yeah, I think it's okay felt? to say. Like, I would go, I would like walk around, uh, drunk, and just just walk, you know, just go places, mm. you know, because I felt like and I don't was... know. It made me feel like I could be out of I could be out of the house, and I didn't have to worry what other people thought about me Mm -hmm. you know and and that's how um how weed sort of made me feel um and more relaxed yeah and that's also i guess how my medicine makes me feel too Mm -hmm. so (laughs) but i mean yeah that's why that's why 
you know, anyway, all that, that, that history of drinking and, um, you know, I try not to, to drink as much, but I did, you know, I did do something, I guess I have to discuss because, well, you kind of, you kind of brought it up. I'm sort of with the mindset where, I mean, I come, I don't like alcohol for various reasons, which you're aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like, it's, it's okay to have a, a small amount, I think, but when you're using it as a coping mechanism, then that's, that's where I feel like that's kind of like, um, I don't know. I, it's such a slippery slope because you can lose yourself in it very easily and then it not only affects you, but it affects other people around you as well. And so how were your grades doing well during that time of college? Were they great? I I had a... I'm sorry. I had a flask and I would drink on on campus mm-hmm. in you know, in class, and I, I was actually, I was actually doing pretty okay, um, well, at, at Kennesaw, I was, um, at Kennesaw, went with, uh, where all the beer cans, when I was cutting myself, my grades were not good, um, mostly because every time I, every time I went into class, uh, I felt like, People were staring at me. I loved I loved Kennesaw because he had these classes where they were like over a hundred people and it's just like the big thing, so they're never gonna call on you. It's just like, oh great. Yeah. You know. But then there was sometimes there were, there was one class where I had to do a group project and I withdrew from the class because I didn't like the way that the um the guy was looking at me. I I I thought that the guy and the other girls were talking about me and I was like, I can't do that. Like mm-hmm. I just I, I can't put myself do that. Like I just mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, that's all the stuff that I was trying, and my mindset was I have to, um, I'm I'm supposed to be going to college, I'm supposed to be going to college, I'm supposed to be going down, uh, um, uh, this route, the the same route that, that, that everyone else is doing, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I need to just cope somehow and do it, you know, because nobody, all, all of that time that I was, and, and I'm not saying anything bad about my sister or, or her friends, you know, but all the time, like, they would just kind of laugh and just be like, oh, Ashley's drinking, oh, he loves to drink, you know. Um, she knows, like, one time she had a party at her house and there was, like, some some punch, and I told her not to throw it out, and I would come downstairs, like, every day and just drink out of, out of the punches, like, rum and all this stuff. I would always be drinking. Um, mm. And it was just kind of like, ha, 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 you know. And it's... And I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm not proud of that because, yeah, my grades did suffer. But um, after that, I went home to live uh, with my parents. Then I went back to school. Um, and I, I attempted not to drink. I actually tried to join AA and find a higher power somehow. <laughs> they told me I had to find a how, higher power, but it didn't have to be God. So it's just like, oh my gosh. The flying spaghetti monster? And I was like, who can it be? <laughs> I'm an atheist, what do I do? Flying spaghetti <laughs> just, monster. But I guess you just have to have, I guess, something that's that's above you. But you also have sponsor stuff. But man, I... The, and this is... This is interesting, I guess. The thing about AA is sitting in there and listening to all these other people's problems. Man, that's a, that's another thing why I don't like group therapy either. It just makes me feel like, man, my problems really are nothing. These people are going through so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like I, I, I have everything. Why do I feel bad? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I could actually be doing stuff to probably help these people, and I'm, you know, well, I, I, I am. Well, doing but that's what. But. That's what. Um, you know, I kind of go back to people's personal struggles are their personal struggles you know it to someone it it could be no problem climbing a mountain or a hill but to another person it would be like the biggest obstacle right so and it's similar with other things so to some people the biggest obstacle is going out to a social event you know if you have social anxiety and and depression that's your biggest obstacle you know Mm -hmm. so it it's you shouldn't like um uh, what is that word? Um, like make yourself 
like your problem is not a problem because it's a problem to you, you know? No. It's, it's something that you have to deal with. And that's sort of like, I mean, I, it's easier said than done <laughs> sort of thing. And I kind of feel, I'm, I mean, I do that to myself every once in a while too, especially with your sister. Like sometimes she'll ask me, you know, how are you doing? I know you deal with a lot and, you know, I'm, pro- I'm sure you're, it, um, you're stressed because of this or that, you know? And I'm like, oh, like, guys, I don't have a lot as much going on in my life as you, you <laughs> do with yours. I feel bad that you're asking, you know, you're checking up on me because I feel like I should be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, I can totally understand and relate to that idea. But I think we kind of have to remind ourselves that our struggles are our own and they're personal and they're not any more or less valid than somebody else's. Like, it's just... Yeah, kind of have to accept them. Yeah, um, it was. It was that, and then I I didn't uh, like listening to it and stuff. I I didn't really feel like I was an alcoholic. I felt like being an alcoholic meant uh, you have to. um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't drink every day. I would sometimes drink every other day. You know. and I, I was able to stop when I wanted to, you know. I mean, there have been times where, you know, I, um, I didn't have enough money, you know, or something. I, I didn't have it, but, um, and, I, and I was able to control myself, you know. Like, I, I'm able to, um... I was able to, I was able to, you know, buy some alcohol and just drink a little bit and just, just feel like a little buzzed. But my, my trouble was when, um, when I got, when, when anxiety and depression came that, um, I really needed something to numb the pain and I, I used that. So I... I don't, I don't know if I would go back to AA. I don't know if I, I don't know if I consider myself an, an alcoholic. Um, I don't know. Chris, do you consider me alcoholic? I mean, I, I, I think that, I think that first, you know, we should talk about what I did, uh, before I started taking my, my Wellbutrin a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Um, like in the weeks, um, like during my my uh, depression when I was like feeling really bad, um, and suicidal. Uh, Chris told me to seek help and take medicine, but I, you know, I wanted to just you know rebound on my own and stand on my own feet. So I went behind Chris's back and I bought a a bottle of rum and I drank it before he got home and um I got away with it. <laughs> and so I think um two or three days later I I um I wanna say two days later I got I got another bottle of of rum and then I um drank it all and I ended up vomiting in the bathroom and I, I can't remember what I told you Chris like I was just I just told you I was like sick or something mm-hmm. um and you know I, I got away with it but um I I was telling myself that I I was doing what I had to do to get through a situation. And, you know, I, I wanted to cut myself. You know, I told you that. Like, I told you I I would get knives and, like, press them on my skin. Because I really wanted to cut myself. Because that's how I used to handle the pain. So I felt like, well, if I, if I drink alcohol, at least I'm not cutting myself. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this logic comes from. Mm. I don't know. But um, of 
course, yeah, that hurt Chris. I just, I ended up just telling him, was it yesterday? Two days ago. Yeah, two days ago uh, about the bottles of alcohol because it just, it made me feel so bad keeping that from him, but I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to tell him because I, um, I knew that he would be disappointed and mad at me. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel like, um, I didn't feel like if I said I was sorry, he would really believe me. And he might think I'm alcoholic. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's where, that's where that stuff can lead you guys. Well, what hurt most was not... But what hurt most was just that I was, I mean, there's only so much I can do to help. And me suggesting going to a doctor and like, I'm like, you know, I would try, I'm like, I will call for you if you need to, but I need you to go. And, you know, just trying to remi- remind you of the good things that you told me about from going to your doctor, just trying to be like, that voice in your head that was like, well, remember you did this before and it worked out great, so why don't you do it again? And you just completely ignored it all and decided to do that, which, I mean, as we discussed, alcohol doesn't help long-term. It only helps, maybe if it helps, it helps short-term because it makes you forget. It makes you just, you know, um, inebriated so you don't, have to think about the things that you're worrying about at the moment but then that feeling goes away and then you're left with it again by yourself just dealing with it and then you feel bad for lying and doing something that maybe you shouldn't have done on top of what the original thing was but it was cheaper than going to a psychiatrist and getting the medicine and yeah but it didn't help the whole point is about overcoming whatever it is you're dealing with not just making you forget I mean the medicine doesn't just make you forget about it yeah I guess we said it it didn't help my I don't know I immediately thought well it got me through you know that's all I didn't say it didn't help that's I I said it doesn't help long term yeah no I think I think that's what I'm saying I was thinking about the short term well it got me through that day you know it got me but, yeah, I mean, that, that wouldn't be a good long-term solution. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly where I go from here. If I have to, if Chris is going to keep me away from all alcohol, if he's going to let me have a little alcohol he's ever going to trust me with money again? I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> well, I mean... Like, no, I, I mean, that's... That... that. I mean, really, I, I, I wanted to tell you so many times, but I just... I, I, I just... <laughs> I just didn't want to see you like I just didn't want to see you look like that and I was just like well I just you know I just told myself I did what I had to do look I just I that's what that's what I felt like I needed to do and then what did you do after that hmm and then what did you do after that after what after drinking the alcohol go to sleep no you went to a doctor oh oh I was like after oh yeah yeah and That helped. That helped way more. Help. So okay, but you know, I think um, that's one of those things that you have to do. You have to try to um, you have to try to recognize these symptoms uh, and try to do something about them. And I've, I mean, I've, I've tried to do something about, um, 
my my um, sim, semi um, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe if an a, if AA isn't right for me, maybe there's there's something else. You know, I think I don't know. I think I I don't know, Chris. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think it's possible for me to drink responsibly. Yeah, I think a lot of people can drink responsibly. But I I need to have. Um, I think for me, it's like whenever you're drinking to mask something or to for, to forget something, that should be a red herring. Like, that should be a, a red alert. Like, you know, because alcohol, for me, is like, you took it to enjoy and drink and enjoy it, but it's, it's, not, it's not a medicine, mm. so you shouldn't treat it as one. You shouldn't treat it as something to help you get over something or get you through this or whatever. You know, that's what we have actual medicine for you know whether it's actually like a pill that that will help stabilize your mood or your disorder or whatever or a psychologist psychiatrist that will help you get through them by talking about it and getting to the core of the problem instead of just masking it or forgetting about it for that night yeah i i mean between the medicine and alcohol i i would take the medicine any day and yeah I just feel I feel real ashamed for doing that um but um yeah I don't know I'm I'm trying I don't know I'm sorry (laughs) I don't know I don't know what else to say but I'm sorry like I can't go back in the I can't go back in the past and and change it I can try to you know, change in the future. All I can say is, this is what I did. This is why I did it. I, I don't know how I convinced myself that was right. I'm sorry. I'll try not to do it again. Like that's that's all I can do. That's all you can do. And. So yeah. I mean it, and and it's not good to to drink alcohol anyway because um especially if you're depressed because it's a depression itself, mm-hmm. and, um. It's not really that great to treat anxiety either <laughs> don't treat don't treat anxiety and depression with a <laughs> depressant <laughs> there's a thing called an antidepressant but that um we we're talking about uh recognizing recognizing uh symptoms mm-hmm. uh the way you feel maybe talking about it with other people to help you realize stuff like I may have just realized maybe I am kind of an alcoholic I don't know I just I don't I don't know I don't I don't well I I don't feel like I'm I feel like an alcoholic is somebody that just drinks all the time and like like all the time like mm -hmm. drinks all the time and if they don't have any alcohol like when I was um when I uh went to the mental hospital they wouldn't give you mouthwash because it, it could have alcohol in it mm-hmm. you know those are the kind of people that are alcoholics i would think like they have to drink alcohol in any way possible like um you know in, um uh <laughs> i think that's a stereotype but when, I, when i was younger i found out um uh what is the vanilla has alcohol mm, in it what, vanilla extract yeah vanilla <laughs> extract i was like what i could just buy this in the store <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not an alcoholic, but I just found out. Yeah, that's a pretty good amount of alcohol. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's the that's what the stereotype is. You know, the alcoholic is the one who's like goes crazy because he doesn't have an ounce of alcohol. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like everything else, is a scale, and so and you don't have to like label yourself if you don't feel comfortable labeling. You know, that you have anxiety or depression or whatever. You don't have to label it. You can just recognize that something is you struggle with out something. of the yeah something is yeah. not right and then try to address it like if you don't feel comfortable saying that you have anxiety that's that's fine you don't have to say you don't have to greet everybody and say hi i'm i'm chris and i have anxiety <laughs> you can just well, it, it's something that you struggle I wear it on with my shirt <laughs> I mean, you know by by wearing it and talking about it it does kind of help in the broad spectrum because you're kind of destigmatizing it a little bit but i mean it, it's Everything's on a spectrum, and um, I'm not saying you are alcoholic or not. Um, that it's just something that we kind of have to be aware. I'm yeah. just like you know, I'm aware that that's partly also why I don't. I mean, I can be a coke addict, you know, with mm-hmm. Coca Cola. <laughs> oh, oh. 
was like, what? If no, art, you couldn't. Shut art, up. Me, like, it, you know, oh, it's so addicting. So yeah, I, 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 I stay away from it. Like, you know, and then when I'm around it, you see me how I go mm-hmm. with Coke. Like, I pour myself two or three times. Oh, it's crazy, but it's so addicting. So, you know, I, I just, I'm like, I, let me just stick to water. That's why I don't buy any soda or anything like that. Because if it's, if it's around me, I'm going to want it and I'm going to drink it. Yeah. So I just, I, t- I take away all the t- uh, temptation from my life. And, you know, I, tr- <laughs> I, I try to make myself more responsible with alcohol. I don't know if you, you know this or not, but when we go shopping, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm usually like, Chris, can I get some wine? Chris, can I get some wine? Can I get some mm-hmm. wine? And, and, you know, I'm kind of like leaving it up to you. If you say no, I'm just going to be like, okay, fine. You know, but if you say yes, I'm like, yes. You know, so I try to I, I try to do that because I'm just like, I can't trust myself because I'm going to get 100%. Every time I walk by the wine section, I'm if I go, if you let me go shop by myself, I mean, it would be a box of wine every week. Cheese you know? and wine. <laughs> well, I just, Cheese, chips, know. and wine. So I try to, I, I try to be more responsible, but I, you know, I, I definitely, you know, drop the ball here by... By lying, so I, I definitely won't won't do that again. But you know, that's definitely a wake up call to me about the the you know, I mean, just like just I I descri- described in my past. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I kind of thought maybe I was getting a little bit better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, and it's hard as the person as the other part as the partner, you know, to someone who who's dealing with this and going through this. It's hard because. Part of it is like, you know, you want to help and you're, all you can do is kind of guide someone or try to guide them. You know, you can't make decisions for them. You can't make them go to the doctor. You can't make people go take their medicine or, you know, do this or that, that you think. And, you know, all of this is from a third party perspective where you're like, well, I think this might help better and this will not help. So, you know, and so when you told me about that, you know, of course I was frustrated and upset. Mostly because of the lying. That's something that, you know, we kind of try not to do. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I was like, okay, well, I feel bad because he says he really needed it. <laughs> you know, it's like part of me doesn't want to be an enabler. Wow. I don't want to be really? an enabler. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, I try not to, for certain things, I tried to be like... Because I really needed it, really? You said that's what you needed No, to get by. but it's not good. It's not exactly. a good thing. I know it's not a good thing. Well, that's my point. It's like, okay, well, I mean... I didn't need that. I could I be upset. done something else. Like, I could be upset. Just some jumpy like, jacks. You know, like... <laughs> and be upset for a while, or I could just, you know, accept it of what it was. Okay, that, that happened. Let's just move forward with what it is today. I'm glad that you decided to go to the doctor, that you agreed to go to the doctor. <clears throat> And I'm glad it went well, and then you're back in your medicine, you're feeling better. And, you know, so you had to go through that, and let's just hope that it's just a, it was a learning opportunity, and that we can use it moving forward. And, you know, I, when I think about it, I don't think it's really a lie, because, you know, it's it's not like I... An omission of it, truth is a lie. Well... An omission I, not, of facts. Not exactly. Yes. You didn't ask me, hey, did you go out today and get some alcohol i you asked know? you that day i had asked you if you had gone out i know my my car <laughs> was turned the other way and i, I told you i went out i told mm-hmm. you i went out i told mm-hmm. you i went out mm-hmm. and i did go out so next time i just need to be more um paranoid got it yeah, you need to be like i need more more clues <laughs> oh my gosh but we didn't even funny. even talk about the other part of this yeah program, well which we, was we wanted to talk about the anger. the uh yeah, anger, anxiety. rage, BPD yeah. anger. Which is, you know, kind of goes along with what we discussed today about the ways that mm-hmm. su- suppressing your feelings, anxiety, and depression, all that stuff can manifest in other ways. Yeah. One of them was alcohol, the other one was anger. And also, um, things that you can rec- recognize mm-hmm. um, before that anger hits because... Um, Chris knows, I mean, the, the number one thing, Chris, I can tell you, um, that, that really sets me off is, uh, when I feel criticized or when I feel like you're criticizing me Mm. or I feel like you're, oh, I don't know. Hmm. Is this number one attention? Like when I feel like you're not paying attention to me, that's definitely another, you know, if if I'm talking to you, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, next time 
I also want to talk about, you know, why are we, um, people with BPD, um, we tend to hurt the ones we love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is... I don't not necessarily know. physically. <laughs> no, not physically. <laughs> I mean, we, we tend to, you know, the, our anger, you know, we might yell at them or react at them in, in a way that we may not do to um, our boss or a coworker. You know, if they mm-hmm. did something, I would just hold it to myself, you know, keep it mm-hmm. to myself. But if you did something, Chris, you know, I'm totally going off, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's just because I love you so goddamn oh, much. Well, you, maybe you can love me a little less. <laughs> but you know, I you know, I I struggle to control my anger. I feel like I I do a pretty good job, um, trying to to recognize it, tell you you know before it comes, you know. But yeah, that's what we're going to talk about next episode. I that reminded me, my mom would you would say you know I hate you because I love you. <laughs> 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 I was like, maybe not love me so much. <laughs> like, slow down on me. This hurts more. This hurts me more than it hurts you. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> this has been an insightful episode. I have some research to do in myself. Um, I still need to find an, um, a good therapist or uh, psychologist, psychologist to talk to. Yeah. Um, That'll probably be coming um, be best in December. Yeah. After we get our new insurance, because um, it's rough out there <laughs> treating yourself, going to the doctor. Yeah, it's tough. But maybe um, next year we'll have Medicare for all. No, I don't think so. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll Bernie. Fin- finally, Bernie will make it to the White House. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, another Sunday. With yeah, us. another Sunday and. We will see you guys again, not next Sunday, but next, next Sunday. The week after. Yes. All right, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.